Hey, Angie. Hey, Sophie. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Yay, we <laughs> sorted it. And you're my we first did. guest. I'm so excited. Yay. Very honoured. Very honoured. No, thank you for being on this sort of episode of Chronic But Iconic. I'm very, very happy to have you on because I think you're wonderful and you know that. Oh, I think you're wonderful too. Thank you so much. Oh. Well, of course, today we just want to talk about self-love and I know that you're, you're, you've, you've nailed this, I feel. Like I'm still a work in progress in lots of ways, but you just seem to have it covered and you know, you know your self-worth and your purpose in life and you just seem a lot at peace and that comes across in your personality and I feel like you'd be great to sort of discuss this topic with because it is such a big topic and it affects so many of us in like lots of different ways that maybe you have some advice and tips not just for me but for the listeners as well that would be really useful in our day-to-day lives yes um I most definitely can I think that a lot of what I've been through well I know a lot of what I've been through has helped me learn and shape myself into who I am now which actually is who I was when I was much younger, but, you know, life circumstances and I let people, you know, not respecting myself, not having boundaries, um, thinking I have to apologize for everything. Um, you know, just in learning to say no, all of that, you know, um, I mean, I've, (laughs) I've been through a lot of things in my life where, people, you know, not just with the chronic illness, because I was sick for many years before I even knew I had um, Lyme disease and co-infections. So being misdiagnosed for 16 years, um, that gives a strength and determination to not, not give up, you know, Um, finding, yes, finding your voice, you know, so that you can tell doctors, um, no, there's something wrong, you know, not listening, you know, listening to yourself, that's yeah. important too, listening to and trusting your gut because that, that's your, that's your, you know, that's your inner radar. That's what guides you and tells you. And if something doesn't feel right, I don't care if it's a doctor or, you know, relationship, whatever, yeah. that is your instinct telling you this doesn't jive with you. This doesn't fit. So where would you... I- where would you like me to well, start? I mean, on... maybe you could give us a sort of a brief overview into your background and your your own little story okay. and your struggles. Because, of course, like you said, you went undiagnosed for 16 years and you've been ill quite a lot of your life. And, you know, yes. it's difficult when you're battling an illness that you, you don't have a diagnosis for. You've got family and friends telling you that you're crazy. You've got you know, them yes. questioning you. And then you've got doctors also saying that you're crazy. And that can really, really destroy you mentally and emotionally. And you begin to believe that maybe you are crazy. And the self guilt, the loathing, it all begins. And it's like a snowball and it just increases over time. And it becomes a habit that's very, very difficult to break. You're right. And I think part of it is, is a lot of us have, um, like not control issues, but like we want to be in control. And when you get sick and you lose your health 
and even like, you know, this goes for, this really goes for anyone. I mean, if you go through, you know, a relationship ending, a marriage ending, a death, any, any of this stuff, like that is all out of your control. So having to learn to be in control of yourself first. So that means putting yourself first. So if we start from the beginning, you know, I was married for um, 16 years and I was sick that entire time. I went misdiagnosed for 16 years. They told me I had lupus or fibromyalgia. Nothing worked, of course, because I didn't have that. I had Lyme. Um, You know, my marriage, it it was all sickness. I mean, you take these vows and, you know, in sickness and in health, unfortunately, it was all sickness. But still, you know, there was things that happened in that marriage. Um, There was verbal abuse. There was control issues. There was, this is all things that chipped away at me. And I'm not a person that likes confrontation. I don't like to argue. I will say my piece, but like when someone keeps on me, you know, like badgering me or, you know, on and on and on it, I just become or I became complacent and I just would constantly say, I'm sorry. You know, I would try to make things right, go for weeks without speaking this all does something to you because it chips it does. away. And you, you begin know, had... blaming yourself because other people are exactly. blaming you. And you self-doubt yes. yourself because, you know, when you're criticized for everything you do, it doesn't matter what you do. Everything's wrong and everything is your yeah. fault. And, you know, I had two small children, so I was trying, you know, to make things work with them. Plus, I was sick on top of it. So I was having to pretend like there was nothing wrong with me because it wasn't allowed. Yeah. It was not allowed. So perhaps that part of it made me stronger because I knew something was wrong and I was bound and determined to figure it out. But once I left the marriage, because there was some other things that happened, you know, there was, um, there was infidelity. Yeah. There was some other things that happened along there that broke me down to a point where I was, you know, <laughs> not, not myself. Yeah. And I can tell you, I had like a little breakdown Yeah. Um, when I was going through the divorce. There was a like a four to five week period um, where I just, I had to get away. Yeah. And it was because everything that had happened, it had broke me down. And so when people say, you don't understand where I'm coming from, you don't, you know, you don't get it. Yes, yeah. I do. I get it on many, many levels because I've been through many, many things just in the marriage, then going through a two and a half year divorce for a custody fight that was ridiculous, should have never yeah. happened. But I fought for my children. You know, I stayed at home the entire marriage. Yeah, so there was a lot of things done that was, you know, out of spite. Not on my yeah. part. I wanted just an amicable thing, you know. Um, but all of that made me stronger. Okay. So yeah. it, it, I kept fighting. I kept going. I kept, you know, how it just, the things that I went through, people just do, they can't even, they're like, it sounds like a book or a movie. Yeah. And really it yeah. will be <laughs> because I'm going to write yeah. about it. But, you know, after, after the divorce was final in January of 2013, like going through this time, I'm, I had, I got a job because I hadn't worked in 16 years. I didn't finish college. So, you know, I didn't have a degree in anything. Plus I had two children. So I went back to what I knew, which was restaurant and serving. But when I started out, I could only wait on women and children 
and older people, older couples. I could not wait on men. And the hostess knew this. And I had asked her, please don't put men in my section because I could not make eye contact. I could not speak to them. I was so broken down as a person that I had to, I started working on myself. And this is when I started like, you know, I, I can't let this control me. I've got to get through this. And this has taken years of work. This has taken years of me posting post-it notes around saying, you are amazing. You are strong. You know, listening to, to music that's encouraging, you know, um, like Kelly Clarkson, yeah. you know, songs and um, who else? Christina Aguilera. Yes. You know, some of the just Motivating. really prominent. Yes. yes. And their and their lyrics are very encouraging and, and telling you you're yeah. strong and not to give up. And, you know, you have to you feel ugly inside and that makes you feel like you're dark and and not, you know, when people say things to you or compliment you, you don't, you don't believe you don't, it. You know, yeah. you don't feel it. No, you don't. And you think, why are people saying this stuff about me? You know, because you've been beat down. Yeah. By, by a person or by life events and you just feel awful. So I worked on myself. I, you know, even I, I thought I was working on myself and I was in the beginning. So this started in like 2011, into 2011, 2012 is when I had moved out, was going, still going through the divorce, was in a, my own little house, which I loved. Yeah. It's the first time I was ever on my own because I, I, to my husband's yeah. home. So I never had that independence and it was exhilarating. And that truly helped me too, because I was supporting myself, supporting my children, had a nice home in the little neighborhood where all their friends were. It was great. Yeah. And the energy in my house was so much better because I don't think a lot of people realize that the energy you're around affects you in more ways than of just well, negativity. Well, it's a bit like more of attraction, isn't it? What you put out into the world, yes. you get back. And when there's negative surrounding you, you generally are in that negative mindset and around negative. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it can compromise your health too. It can exacerbate your symptoms. It can make every, because stress, you know, stress is like the big thing we have to like try and find balance with. Everyone does. But when you're suffering from chronic illness and to maintain wellness, you've got to keep that in check. And that means putting yourself first. So I did all of these exercises. I had these jars where I put positive things in. And most of it, I didn't feel anything positive about myself. I knew I was a good mom, but that was being brought into question with the divorce. But I still, like if I got a compliment at work or someone said something, I'd put that in the positive jar. Now, my Mm. negative jar was filled of things that I felt about myself. Now, were they true? No. They are things that I've been told or been conditioned to feel about myself. So what I did was, is I'd fill those jars up for 30 days. And at the end of 30 days, I, I dump each jar out separately and I go through each piece of paper. Okay. So in the negative jar, if I felt I had conquered that where it said, you know, I, I don't feel pretty or I don't feel strong or, you know, I, I can't wear this kind of you know, clothing because it's outlandish, you know, so I was told I've always had a very, you know, my mom's always jokingly called me Laverne because I love prints and (laughs) sparkles and all of that stuff. So I realized too, in my closet, like all of my clothing was black. 
I mean, that yeah, that's speaks. Negative. You have yeah. no idea. Yeah. It's just so many things start when you start recognizing yeah. it and, and seeing it after you've been working on yourself, you're like, wow. And my mom even pointed out, she's like, you wear a lot of black still, you know, and this was even just in the last year or so. And I started buying colors. So last year I started actually buying colors and receiving compliments on the colors. All of that helps. So when, like you said, when you're projecting positive, you're going to receive positive, but it all goes into your core of how you're feeling about yourself. So you have to work on that. You've got to find that person again. You've got to ignite that fire because really it's just been dimmed. You know, it's not out. It's just very dim. And doing exercises like I said with the jar yeah. and I go through the I negative love that. I love that idea I need to start it, that because that is a really yes. great idea well here's what you do so you go through at the end of the 30 days with the negative jar if you feel you conquered that you burn that piece of yeah. paper because once you burn it it no longer exists and it's very exhilarating and it gives you it gives you strength. It gives you a boost of confidence. Yeah. Now, if you feel that you have not conquered that, and this is where you have to be truthful with yourself. If you really feel that you have not conquered it, put it back in the jar and you'll reassess in 30 days. Now, the positive jar, if I felt that those comments in there or those things about me in the positive jar, did I truly feel those things about me? If I did, I would make I post it and I would put it on my mirror. I put it in my car. I put it in the cabinet. So when I open the door, I would see it. And that gives your subconscious, it goes in there and it, and it stays. So it makes you really, truly hold it in there and process it and keep it. So, and it makes you believe, okay. It reinforces it. So, but if I didn't feel the same thing, if I didn't feel that I, was that compliment or that word or whatever in the loving jar, then I would put it back in there. And pretty soon my negative jar was empty. And as was my, my, my loving jar would stay, you know, pretty consistent because I put compliments in there and I put, you know, words in there and things as I was working and building on myself. But the point is, is that your loving jar is more full than your negative jar. Now you're always going to have things to work yeah. on because you're always going to encounter new things. So it's not like you're never going to have anything in the, in the negative jar, but it's all a learning experience. And then you can move on to like meditating and releasing all of the negative emotions inside of you, all of the hurt, all of the anger, all the guilt, the pain, everything that holds you back and it keeps you down. And this takes work. Yeah. This is a daily thing. And I did it for a year and a half before, and this is after I was diagnosed with Lyme. So when my divorce was final in January of 2013, I had just probably about six months before the stress of the divorce started really bringing out the Lyme. And I was having severe symptoms and they finally found it in December, 2013. So I had a brief time frame where I was feeling really good and then, and then all of that started in. So I, I went from one big thing to another big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that knocked me down because then I had to move to my parents and, and leave my children. Um, I left them with their, with their dad because I was told I had six to 12 months left to live. 
So I had to fight this thing. I wasn't going to leave my children. So, I mean, when I say I lost everything, I lost everything. I lost my life Mm -hmm. in Indiana. I lost my health. I lost my home. I had to leave my job. And I mean, I was working and and my, my company was phenomenal that I worked for. They were like, you are going to go to your parents. You're going to leave because we know you will not leave on your own. And they were right because yeah. that's the kind of person I was. And I think so that, that's a coming... big thing as well, having that support behind you because a lot of yes. people don't. And especially like yourself who has been in that sort of relationship where you've had that someone controlling you and they haven't been supportive. They don't believe right. you. So then yes. going to someone that's like the other end of the scale and very supportive and understanding, exactly. it's like it's like a shock to the system. You don't really believe it. Um, right and it, it, it is hard and you, you do go with it but at the same time you still got that guilt in the back of your mind like why are they being so yes. nice to me why are they being so accepting exactly so it takes you working on yourself to believe those things and it I, like I've I've said to many people it's not a one-time thing of working on yourself it is a daily thing yeah and it takes years look we're in 2019 and I can honestly say that from even through last year, like I'm finally feeling comfortable with myself and just like, this is who I am. Yeah. Um, you know, believing the qualities about myself. And if someone gives me a compliment, I can say thank you now, as opposed to not saying anything, because when I didn't say anything is because I didn't believe it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And knowing that, I mean, like meeting you and talking to you and just like finding people that inspire you, you know, that gives you more strength, more knowledge, more courage so that when you do encounter things, you're like, okay, well, I can look at Sophie and she's going through this and she's been through this and that, you know, she keeps going, look at all the stuff that she's doing. And, you know, and then I look at too. And I did that along the way when I was fighting you know, with this illness and trying to figure out how to get through it. And then I realized I still hadn't fully worked on myself. I was holding myself back from healing from everything. I realized I still had hurt and anger and things from the marriage and divorce. And then during that time, I had been with um, a guy I almost married in my 20s and we broke up and we each married other people. Then when we were going through the divorce, we reconnected and we were going to get married. Well, he left me when I was, I was during that, I call it the year of death, 2015, because he couldn't handle it. But I had a lot of, yes, it is. And I had a lot of friends leave me too, like 30 year friendships and so forth. But you know what? I realize now looking back on all of it, that they did me a favor because those people were not true people. They were there. Just remember, everyone comes into your life for a reason. And so each of those persons, they held a reason for being in my life. Not everyone's meant to stay forever. And as you evolve and as you change and you learn and you grow, people are going to come and go. That's you getting more positive and negative falls away. Don't question it when it falls away. Now, it's normal to at first, you know, but... Now something, I don't, I don't allow negative into my, my energy field. If I come across it, I recognize it and I stay back from it because I just don't engage. 
I, I don't, and that, I don't like it. That's it messes... a really good way of doing it because I know with my friends sometimes when they sort of decide that they're going to distance themselves or walk out, mm-hmm. I blame myself like, oh my God, it must be me. They don't enjoy being with me. I'm not fun to be around. But then I think about all of the, you know, the community on over social media and like yourself and all the cheerleaders that I have. And it's like, I should be focusing on you guys because that's yes. where the positives are and it's their loss. Yes, okay, I'm not a clubber. I'm not out in the nightclubs. I'm not getting drunk. But, you know, I do right. enjoy going out socially for a few hours at a time and I can hold a conversation and I've got a lot to say. But, but we forget right. all of those things because we just put ourselves in a box and sort of label it like, yes. you know, do not open, you're boring kind of thing. And that's it. Um, and- well, no, a lot of times like with chronic illness or with grief or, you know, a divorce, those things, you are processing that it's a death. Yes. No matter what it is, it's a death. So you're processing your old life. You're processing all those emotions with it. And you're evolving from it. And so, you know, like when people don't understand, like I used to have the same thing, Sophie. People didn't understand. I couldn't, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't go and I'd be too tired or, you know, and I I was taking care of a family and a home and volunteering and doing all this stuff. And I was wearing my body out is what I was doing. But I wasn't, you know, if I said no, people would get mad at me. You know, they they can easily say no to you and let you down. And they don't have any exactly, guilt. but you're supposed yeah, to understand. And you have no guilty conscience, and they just go about the life. But yet, with you, and I think again, like me and you, we both go overboard with like giving. We'll give anything to anybody. Yes, and people take advantage yes. of that. And when you get tired and exhausted, and you sort of distance yourself because emotionally you're drained, they start. Right, pushing the blame on you again and saying like why aren't you being a good friend why aren't you contacting me and and say why is it always about you you know what I'm saying when they say that what you do is this and I'll give you a perfect example this last week I took the week off I I normally do like three Facebook live interviews I talk to people every day with helping them because I have people contacting me all the time for you know health help um you know, I do readings, I do, um, you know, psychic medium, empath, energy work. I have people contacting me all the time. And I love that. I love helping people. But I, this last week was huge for me because I said no. Yeah. And I did not apologize. I just said, I'm, I need to rest. My body needs rest. I'm not feeling well. You know, I started some new herbs. So it was kind of knocking me down a little bit. So I'm like, my body needs to rest. So from Sunday to Thursday, I did nothing and I rested. Yeah. And there was a couple of people that got upset with me and I just said, um, you know, I'm saying no. Here is like one of them was a, a, an interview yeah. and I have I rescheduled it for this next Thursday and the person got upset with me and I said, you know, um, I'm needing rest and I'm listening to my body. If you'd like to do it on this day, you know, as a postponement, that's great. If you don't, then, you know, blessings to you. I I don't have to apologize. And, you know, and this person has like, they've kind of, um, they got upset because I did uh, my my Friday Night Live where I give a lot of health information and all that. 
They're like, I thought you were too tired to do a live. And I thought, how dare you question me? That's so rude. I don't need that kind of energy. So I haven't messaged that person back. I haven't said anything to them. It's this is putting you first and it's not selfish. It's necessary. And so that when you encounter this kind of energy and this kind of stuff, you can be like, whoa, you don't have to say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like it'll work out. No, you just say, you know, I already gave them an explanation and I was professional about it. I was, you know, and I happen to know this person personally as well, but it was just the fact sometimes when people know you personally, they think they can invade and there's still a line. There is a line. And there's a line where you have to have your boundaries set. You have to have your respect for yourself. And this is all through self-work. And loving yourself first is key. And if you don't love yourself or you don't know how to begin that, I tell people all the time, the simplest thing you can do, because I did this and it felt so weird when I did it. But when you're taking a bath or a shower and you're washing yourself, you're doing touch. We all feel things through touch. Hugging makes you feel better. Yeah. You know, um, so... When you're washing yourself, you say, I love you. And it feels so weird, Sophie, to do it at first. But the more you do it, that's how you create the self-love for yourself. That's the first step. And then you can start on working on releasing all of the past, all of the negative emotions. And once you do that, you don't look back. You keep moving forward. Now, you're going to be readdressed with each of these things from your past so that when you come across it, see, now I have no, I have no emotion no connection, nothing to, I can talk about my marriage. I can talk about a relationship. There's no negative in my, in my talk anymore. Yeah, It's just, you know, I can actually remember good things that happened as opposed to all of the bad, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's healing. Yeah, definitely. That means you have healed. You've healed from that experience. You can, you know, hear a song that was your song or whatever, and you have no, you have no emotion to it. You're just like, oh, that's a nice song or, you know, oh, I like this song. There's so many things that will, and it's just, uh, I don't know. A lot of people will think, oh, that's a sign. That's a sign. You know, (laughs) if they, they hear a song or, you know, and a lot of times it is, but if you're hearing it, it could be a sign to see where you are in your healing. Yeah. And so the other day, this is why I'm bringing this up because the other day I heard the song with, um, it was my song with, uh my ex fiance and I heard it in my mom and she knew it was their song <laughs> and I'm, I didn't say anything. And I was like, you know, this is a really good song. And she goes, I was waiting to see what your reaction was. She goes, cause that yeah. speaks volumes. Cause she's a, you know, a psych nurse. And she says, that means you've totally moved on. And I'm like, I have, you know, and it's, I, I'm happy with myself. I'm still healing. I'm still on my, you know, healing every day. And I will be for the, until I'm not here anymore, emotionally, mentally, physically, all of it. So you just continually work on yourself because you're a work in progress until you're not here. They say, you know, happiness isn't a destination. It's a journey. And this is the same sort of thing. Um, And I think from what I find difficult is I'm sort of getting to the point where I can start understanding and listening to the guilty feelings and pushing them away when it comes to other people or memories but when it comes to my body and the way it's changed through illness I still find that very hard to accept and love because to me like I look in the mirror and I see someone that's 
ugly basically to put it blunt um, and I right. think that other people think like that so going out publicly is a very big task for me and I know that I can I can still do it and you know I can walk into a, a room full of people and people probably don't realize that I'm having a massive confidence crisis but it's right. very difficult because like you say you don't have control over your body when it sort of starts right. changing in that way and people can be very very harsh and those judgments and those comments stay with you and replay in your mind a lot of the time and again that's like another section of self-love that you have to work on and it's it's so difficult because there just seems to be like it's across the board and you have to work on everything all the time and, it, and yes. it's very difficult to balance it all and you sort of have to target each section slowly and I know it takes time and like you say it's not a destination it's a journey but you also just yes. wish that you could see yourself in a bit of a better light because now people say oh you're beautiful and I'm like no I'm not because I don't believe it because I think I look skin and bones I think I look like a five-year-old um, right and I've been there I know what that's like as well because I was down to 100 pounds and I was so self-conscious and I was mostly bedridden because I would only get out to go to the doctor yes. you know and then my mom would try to, to get me out you know like um, for a quick trip into Target or you know something and um, and I, I would poop out so easily yeah. and I couldn't keep up with her and then I'm, I, I know I would see myself in a reflection and I'm like I look anorexic, you know, like, do people know I'm sick or do they think I'm like, you know, and and people looking at you and, you know, and I look at pictures now and I'm like, holy cow, like, I don't even recognize myself sometimes. But when you're, this is like, it strips you, this disease, (laughs) Lyme disease, it strips you down to your core, you know, and you literally, you do isolate yourself at first. You do, you shouldn't push away feelings. Like you say, you push away you know, the feelings, you should confront them when they happen and, and work on them and work on eliminating them so that they're not in your, yourself, your, who you are, because you want to find out who you, because Sophie, I see you, you're truly a beautiful person inside and out. And I get what you're going through. And, but you know, when you hear things like, well, you don't look sick. Well, you know what? I can tell by looking at you, Sophie, that because I know what I've been through. Yes, I know you're sick and I know you've lost a lot of weight and you are struggling, but you're still trying to do so many positive things and that's going to help you in turn. So if you can focus on looking in the mirror and saying, you know, like when you have a good day, say, I'm beautiful. And this is why I make sure I have, I just wear eye makeup or lipstick, but like um, I'll do my hair Because if I look in the mirror and I don't have my hair and makeup done, it makes me feel worse. And it reminds me of when I was really, really sick. And I don't want, I don't, it's not that I don't want the reminder. It's just that I don't, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to like fall backwards because it is, it's a constant working thing with you, you know, and people don't understand their comments, you know, live on. They, yeah, they do. Three second comment. It lasts for a lifetime and it It does. And I, now I'm like facing things where people are like, oh, you're doing so well. You look so great. Or, you know, somebody else is going through something and they're like, well, I'm not, 
discounting what you've been through, but this is what I'm facing. And you know what? No one's personal struggle or what they've been through is less than someone else's. You should never diminish what someone has been through as saying, well, I've been through more because each person's thing that they have had to face is different. And, and you don't understand the depth of it unless you're that person, unless you walked in their shoes, you have no idea. You can empathize and sympathize, but most people, if they haven't lost their health, if they haven't, I mean, if they haven't lost everything all at once, like we have, they don't get it. They can get it on a certain level, but they don't get it. And they're caught in like the comments now is like, you know, I still have bad days. And I still have days where I'm in pajamas and stuff. And people don't, they don't see no, that. No, that's it. And I've yeah. told them, they think, oh, well, yeah. you look fine on social media. And you were yeah. out today. And it's like, yes, but that's right. taken me five hours to get to that place. You know, exactly. get myself together. And I've knocked myself sick, you know, for the rest of the exactly. week. And you don't see that. But yes. I'm not one of these people and you have are going to be negative you, and be all down. Well, you want, you want right. to encourage and empower and not be negative. Right. But remember, you've got to put yourself first. So working on yourself first, you'll, you'll, it'll catch up. You will catch up to like how all of the stuff that you're doing, all the positive stuff, your, your inner self is going to catch up to that by working on yourself. Okay. So releasing all the negative and, you know, like put a healing light around yourself. I, I believe in God. I believe in angels. I believe in, you know, I believe in many things. I'm not judgmental of anyone's, yeah. you know, views. So I always try to incorporate, you know, whatever your belief system is. But I always imagine a golden light coming down because I saw that light when I had a near-death experience. And I felt that light was full of love and, and peace. And so that's what I imagine. That's what I do with my meditation is I, every day I put that light where it covers myself and goes inside me. And so that I feel peace and calm and love and I can, you know, deflect the negativity. Yeah. You're still going to encounter it. it. That's just life. You know, there's positive and negative. So, but when you're, when you're more positive with yourself and you know who you are and you believe who you are and you can say no and respect yourself and have your boundaries, when you encounter that negativity, you can be like, hmm, okay move on you know you you just encounter it and you don't allow it yes you don't allow it into your your field okay so your Sophie field my Angie field I don't allow it in now you're still going to get it you're still going to be encountered with it but it's how you address or behave in that situation is you know where you don't allow the situation to control you you control the situation the person place whatever yeah and as long as you're in control with yourself, then you can, you just, you just move on. You don't allow it. Things don't bother me anymore. I'm back to how I was when I was younger, where I was very confident, very shake outspoken. Yes. yes. I can just shake it off and be like, you know what? That's their, Problem. that's them. Yeah. That's their, yeah, their, I always say that's their karma. I worry about mine. I keep my plate clean. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's, um. It's just, it's all still every step of the way, you're still going to encounter things, you know, and you're still going to have to, to assess them and, and, and not doubt yourself and work on yourself. And now I'm to the point where I say, this is me. And, you know, you either love it or leave it either way is fine with me, you know? 
So, and I find that I'm attracting more great people, more, yes, really great people like yourself and, and others, you know, and they're just in their vibrational level. That's what you want to work on is raising your vibrational level. The higher you, you get that vibrational level, the less negative you're going to have around you. And those people just fall away. It's so crazy, but situations, people, everything just falls away and and you just keep going forward and you keep learning. Yeah. And I think it's often difficult because we go back to the people that have been harsh to us and quite cruel. Yes. And we sort of like want them to say, well done, you're doing really well. But when they don't, that's true. That can also eat away at you because it's like you still haven't achieved. You're still not the person that you like, like they want you to be. And that's not. A reflection on you even though you at first you do see it like that it's a reflection on them that they can't see all the positive steps forward that you're taking and the hard work. and they may never I mean if they're a narcissist um there's all different types of narcissists in the yeah. world I mean there's so many of them and now you know I was married to one I, I've been in relationships with them I I know um I know who they are now yeah. and when I see them I'm like woo red flag narcissist step away but it's it's like you don't when you're good with yourself you don't seek approval you just do yeah you know you you can do what you want to do positively like I'm just you know like I'm doing my interviews and I'm and I'm helping people and I'm you know and a lot of people don't believe in psychic mediums you know all of that I don't care that's fine this is who I am and I know I have my, my gifts. I say my gifts are from God. They're a higher power and I'm a vessel and I deliver the information to people. And you enjoy the work that you do. If you were, if you were in a job that, okay, might give you a promotion or a label or a name or whatever, but if you don't enjoy it, then what's the point? And that's exactly the hard, difficult thing because we're taught through society that, we have to follow a certain path and you have to get to A to B yes. and that gets you acceptance and that shows that you're doing well. When reality is everyone's got a different journey and plan A doesn't yes. always work out. It very rarely works out and you have to have a few and different plans. That, that is true. I used to always, um, you know, like think I had, like when I was younger, I have, okay, I want to be married by the time I'm 25. I want to start having children. Like I had this, this thing all laid out and like that's not how life should be like perfect example is my son he's graduating from high school and he's not sure what he wants to do yet so we've told him he can have a year off he's not sure if like a four-year college is for him but he's thinking maybe a trade school but he still doesn't know so we're gonna let him experience life okay so the best experience work a job Yes, work a job where and he's he's work he's gonna be working in retail. He's gonna figure out he's gonna find out retail oh, is very yeah. hard. And what I've always conveyed to my children is do what makes you happy. Yeah, you know, please you. Yeah. And so th- by in by letting them have choices where they they make choices where you're still the parent, you're still guiding them. But if everyone would do this with their kids instead of putting so much pressure on them to to be this this mo- what society yeah. says is a model person everyone is an individual yeah. let each person figure it out and and what you start out doing when you're young 
is not going to be what you end up doing the rest of your life unless you don't recognize that, you know, like you said, do a job that makes you happy. And so when you're happy with your work, with your home, with yourself, when all of those things play together, when all of those things are in sync and in balance, you have everything. You're unstoppable. You have everything. Yeah. And the law of attraction thing really starts coming into play. I mean, crazy, like crazy. So it's just, um, it's, I don't know. It's a lot of it. I'm not going to lie. It is a lot of hard work. work. And I think you have to have the courage and you show great courage from like, obviously leaving your relationship, leaving your marriage. And a lot of people will be thinking, oh my gosh, that I can't leave my relationship and I can't leave my job, but you have to have that courage to, know deep down that this is not right and however much people are telling you that you know it's you that's the issue you need to stay where you are trying to control you you could have break through and let me tell you I had that you know I had people telling me to stay in my marriage and you know why because I had a very comfortable life I didn't have to worry about money then I didn't have to worry about anything but my happiness and my peace was more important to yes. me and what my children would think of me later as they yeah. grew older, you know, that was more important to me. And it does, you're right. It takes a lot of courage to leave because when you've, you've gotten, you know, a certain way of life and you've been accustomed, but I was, I wasn't happy. Yeah. I, I didn't have a marriage. I had a roommate, yeah. you know, and, and I was basically just, I was, I had my, my own life. I was taking my kids, you know, were, were my everything. Yeah. And, as it should be, but like, you know, I, you I, I love cooking as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I still want to do all of that, but you know, in the it, right it, way. it will come as it's yeah. supposed to. Yes. So working on yourself and then getting everything right with your, you know, like for me, I've, I've gotten my health back. So now I'm working on getting my financial yeah. part back and, and finding friends like, you know, like all my friends have they're, they have illnesses or they're far away. And now I'm like branching out where I'm actually meeting people that, you know, they don't have, you know, the physical things of Lyme or, you know, other things, but they also have to, they, when I say, okay, it's time to go. Yeah. yeah, I I'm hitting, you know, I have to know when I'm, cause I have to plan everything still. I got to incorporate, like have the drive time, how long I've been awake, you know, how long I'm going to be here. When I have to leave, is it too noisy? You know, all of this and stuff that, still has to be incorporated. That makes it so difficult because you still feel like you're restricted in some way, and you're like, "Why is yes. my life so hard?" And when you, like you say, when you don't have those people that don't understand, it makes you feel stressed. It makes you feel uneasy because they they easily yes. blame you or try and persuade you to stay or say why yes. you're being. Difficult. And that's where saying no comes yeah. in, and you know, say. I've had a great time, but I must go because I need to get to yeah. bed and I ha- I'm by myself driving. You know, I have to, to Rest. know my boundaries yeah. and that's, that's everything. The foundation, knowing your boundaries, respecting yourself, setting those boundaries and not because you know, you're going to get into yeah. trouble. You know, if you, if you stay, if you do something longer than you're supposed to, or like yesterday, I wanted to go to the beach, but I was yeah. too tired. So I didn't go. I listened to my body instead of pushing myself because that would have further compromised me for yeah. today or tomorrow. So you've got to listen to your body. That's so key. And it doesn't matter if you have 
a health issue or you're going through grief or, you know, yeah. whatever you're facing, listen to your body and yourself and, I think, and put well, you first. It's not selfish to do that. Yeah, a lot of people think course. it's selfish to put yeah. you first. And, I think and it's when not. When you're so driven and it's such a determined person, you believe like yes. you have to do like reach this goal. You have to reach this dream and you have to keep pushing yourself and for me, yes. obviously my family have their own business and it would have been easy right. for me to fall into that business, but it was something mm-hmm. I never, ever wanted to do. And it took so much courage to say, no, I'm doing my own thing. I want to be known for me, Sophie Ward. And like, yes. obviously financially what I do, I don't get a financial benefit from it, but I enjoy it. It helps people people relate I find friends and it gives me a buzz and that buzz helps my overall well-being because it motivates me it keeps me in a positive mindset and you know I get backlash every day for my decision on this but for me like that was a big step for me because it took a lot of bravery and strength to be like no I'm the black sheep of the family and I'm okay with that I couldn't put myself in that unhappy position because I'd been in an unhappy relationship. Through my sort of early days when I was swimming, my coach was very, very tough on me. And they broke Mm -hmm. down. They broke down my confidence and my inner self. And that didn't help with my identity, really. And when I lost my swimming, I had a complete identity crisis and then obviously with health as well, you do. You just don't know where you are. You don't know who you are, what's going to make you happy again. And so to reach that right. point where you've been working so much and you found something that you really enjoy, for me, like, that is what I want to do. And regardless of the guilt, and yes, I still battle with the guilt every day and I will hold my hands up. It, it still does get to me at times. But I'm getting to the point now, there's some days where I, I can shake it off. And I think, no, I'm doing right. I'm doing right. This is what I want to do. This is what makes me happy. Exactly. We only get one life and we've both right. seen how quickly it can be taken from us and how differently, yes. you know, you can wake up one night and you could be paralyzed or anything drastic could happen. And we don't want to live with regrets or thinking, you know, I should have taken a leap of faith. Exactly. And that is very, very difficult, yes. especially when you have low confidence and low self-worth to think that you're worthy of living that life that you know happiness and having that happiness and like you say it's little steps every day that we can just build on it is and like you say we aren't perfect there's still lots of aspects of self-love that we we both have to work on I mean you're oh yes you know far ahead of me you really are because I feel like I look up to you on this I really do because I think you're acing it but, you know, for people just starting out or sort of in that limbo where they're just sort of getting that diagnosis and having to adapt and accept that, for them, it's a very, very scary world. And they don't know whether it the is. grass is greener on the other side and whether they should take that leap of courage and faith and go with it. They should. I mean, I you know, like when you're already beat down, like we were and you know and I was sick I didn't know what was wrong and then when I find out it's like you know it's almost like someone 
strips you of your clothes and pushes you out on a stage of millions of people and you're, you know, like in your underwear, you're naked and you're exposed and, and you have to like, you got to figure it all out and you've got to, you got to break it down. And I think that's the thing that people, they try to do too much at once, you know, with like trying to work on themselves and get everything together. And they're trying, you got to let the control go away. And the first step is putting you first and realizing that if you don't say no to things, if you don't take care of yourself with diet, exercise, you know, all of that stuff, if then you can't take care of everything else that you want to be a yeah. part of. That includes your family, you know, your life, everything. So it all starts with you yeah. and you make you happy. That's what people have to understand too. You make you happy. You can't make someone else happy. That's up to yes. them. So you can give a person all the tools and resources that they need, but it's still up to each individual person to find their own inner happiness and self-love. And that takes work. And some people don't want to do the work. They want people to do it for them or tell them. It doesn't work that way. It's you getting down and dirty with yourself and truthful. Yeah. And saying, you know what? This This is the truth. This is what I need to work on. You know, I do have a problem with this. Let's, let's work on it. Let's, you know, and there are people, you know, that will help you do this and that, you know, they'll, they'll coach you through it, but you still have to do the work. It's still up to you and stop pleasing people. I was just going to say, stop because even your kids, like I had to do this with my children because I finally said, you know what, y'all are getting big enough now where I, it's up to you. Your decision, you know, like with me, you know, like either coming to visit me or being with me or whatever. I I just put it on them because I'm like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. The stress, the struggle, all this stuff, it's going to compromise my wellness. And that's putting me first. Is it selfish? No. Is it necessary? And I think we all get stuck in that cycle, especially people like you and myself who uh, we yes. give a lot to everybody and anybody and we try and offer support to everybody who we feel needs it and wants yeah. it. But yes. at the same time, we bury our own, well, we bury ourselves really because we put others first. So then we neglect yes. ourselves and we struggle to sort of check in with our own selves because we're so busy on what everybody else is doing. And sometimes you just have to say, whoa, like, hang on a minute. Like, who's giving me the support back? Because you get exhausted and you get drained. But at first, it's easier to give out the love because you don't know how to love yourself, if that makes sense. Exactly. And that's true. At first, you are like, you're so wanting to help. And like me, because I've gotten through this horrible disease where people say there's no hope, you know, and I was told I was going to die. Like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm going to beat this. And I, I fit. Yeah. It took me five and a half years after my diagnosis, but, and I'm still yeah. healing. You know, I think that's what people don't understand. I'm, my body is still healing. I still have limitations and stuff, but I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Because it's all part of the healing. It's all part of the journey and I'm still helping people. And what I'm, I'm having to do like you, because I have so many people reaching out to me for help and like, most of it I do, I don't get like paid yeah, for it, exactly. you know, like it's, it's just volunteering, yeah. but it does give you a sense of yourself back. 
you do have to put limits on it because I've had people where they'll talk to me on the phone for like two, three hours at a time. Now, sometimes I don't realize I've been on the phone with that person yeah. that long because we've really connected, yeah. but draining. it wears yeah. me down. It's very draining. So I have to like, you know, my mom, she'll help me, you know, she'll be like, oh, okay, you know, you know, she'll come in and she'll give me like, uh, you've been on the phone a long time or, just you know, uh, you need to take yeah. a break or, yeah, just a heads thing. And that's what I don't think people understand either is I'm still living with my mom, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm still regaining my life, but I'm doing it a little bit at a time, yeah. you know, and instead of like jumping full force back into it, I realize I still have limitations. I realize I still have healing. I can still do the things I want to do, but take time for yeah. yourself as well. But also, it's key so, to have that little support around you because they can oh, just yes. sort of pick you up when you're having your down days. And that, yes. that means the world because sometimes when you're left alone on your down days, you allow those negatives to feed you and it can send you into a spiral. So just having you're them right. as cheerleaders just around the corner it's, it's just yes. a vital lifeline. And a lot of people, they're not as lucky as we are to have our moms yeah. around us, you know. And and so you have to rely, you know, like my kids, they're wonderful. You know, they will they'll message me that my son calls me. Hey, mama, how you doing? You know, those little bit of things, you know, they they are your little energy sources. They're your little, you know, going into the love and, and feeling, you know, that's those are the people you want around yeah. you. So the ones that tear you down or you feel drained after speaking with them or, you know, those are the people, it doesn't mean you have to totally cut them out of your life unless they're just pure yeah. negative, you know, but recognize it so that you don't allow yourself to be compromised. Yeah. It's just keeping, and it takes, like I said, it takes years for you to figure out this, but by working on yourself daily. Now, you know, for some people, maybe it won't take as long as, yeah. you know, what we did. I, I started noticing a difference. I started at December, 2015 of really, really working on yeah. myself. And I would say in six months time, I noticed a difference, but it was a year and a half, really, if I'm honest, before I fully started feeling the confidence yeah. and all of that and where my treatment started working, where I went natural. And that's part of yeah. it too, because like when you're sick, it's 80% mind, 20% treatment. That's proven. Yeah. Now, it could be a higher percentage, but depending on each person, but getting yourself there, that's part of healing from anything yes. is your mind, body, spirit, and heart. They all work together. Definitely. So, so basically, I just I sort of wanted to finish on um, okay. steps that people could, you know, sort of start using into their daily routine that might just help like obviously you've said about the jars which I am definitely going to take take you up on that one because I think that's a great one but for people yes. that and a bit new to this is there anything that you can sort of sort of push them in the right direction or help them focus on that might help um you know like if you can get like an affirmations book um, that is very helpful because yeah. just reading positive things, um, if you can, uh, journal, you know, like if you can write, write about your day, write about things going on. I've, I've kept a journal since I was a kid, yeah. you know, since I was in grade school and I have all of these journals and it's fun to look back and read on things because I found one from in my early twenties 
and late teens, early twenties. And it gave me a sense of who that girl was again. Yeah. She was so free and so confident and so like just who I finally have reemerged as, but I'm wiser and stronger even than that girl. But writing things down, you know, that's very helpful doing the jars. This is what I, what I tell people to do and, and just simply start by looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. Or when you're in the shower, in the bath and you're washing saying, I love you because self-love is the the first thing and putting you first, learn to say no and don't apologize for it. You know, say, no, I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) Say, don't say, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. Say, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. Let's pick another day to do that, or let's um, let's try and shoot for you know this or whatever. Yeah, people have Don't... to understand that it's not you just saying no. You've given them an alternative. You've given them an explanation. Yes. It's not you being awkward. Yes. But you don't. You know what? You don't have to explain to people either. Well, like when yeah. you're not feeling well or whatever, you don't have to say no because I'm so tired and I did this and this and I can't do that. No, you just and I'm telling you. It's been like in the last few months where I've been able to say no without saying I'm sorry after it or having to give an explanation because I'm like, you know what? I don't owe anyone an explanation. It's just no, you know, and let's, let's redo it on this day. If that works for you, great. If it doesn't, then we'll try another time, you know, and, and that's how you leave it. And that's how you get your power back. That's the other thing. Getting your power back is key. Yeah. And when you can say no and you love yourself and you put you first, that's all part of getting your power back in your spark. And I think Just, when people first begin like feeling like they're losing people or they're getting a lot of like, harsh comments about the moves like forward or breaking free or whatever. Right. You have to push through that period of time. You do. And when you come out the other side, you think yes. And you feel so much stronger because you begin you do. getting the positives back. When people leave, when the universe takes people away and situations, people, whatever, when they fall away, don't try and hold on to them. Don't question why. Let them go and move forward. It's part of your journey, part of your healing process, part of you finding you again. Yeah. It really is freeing. It really is. Yeah, it is. And like you say, it's a daily battle. And I think once you've taken the, the, the first few steps are the hardest definitely it is because when people start leaving or situations start leaving it is really I'm not gonna lie I had a hard time with it I questioned it and you mourn but you mourn the loss you do and there's nothing wrong with mourning the loss but like mourn it in a way where you're like okay I can see this situation or this person is not good for me and where I'm where I'm wanting to go so process it and release it and move forward yeah and that's that's a thing that people we all have to work on when we're starting to work on yeah, ourselves. Definitely. You know, I feel like that's where like I am at the minute. I can start to recognize yes. sort of friends that weren't here for the right reasons, and when they right. turn around, instead of me go chasing after them, which is what they want, I'm just kind yes. of like, okay, fair enough. And. I think people too is another thing is I call it a soul cleansing, but when you have a really good cry and you let things out yeah. that, you know, it can be draining at first, but then it gives you power to, to pick yourself back up yeah, that's and it. go yeah. forward. Yeah. So, and, and you like, you know, when you're 
recognizing the people that are, that are leaving or, or whatever, it's, if you can just process it and release it. So whether it's a good cry or it's just letting the emotions out where yeah. you're meditating and working on yourself, that's going to give you more power and, and strength And like say, letting well. the emotions out so then you're not bottling them up yes. and they're not eating away at you. And again, that... well, and a lot of people push them yeah. down. They harbor the feelings and they're like, well, I'm going to push those down. I'm not going to deal with it. That's wrong because eventually they're going to come out in some way, shape, or yeah. form. So always process things and let it go. And, and it, like I said, it's all a learning process. It's all, if you can just start with putting you first yeah. and realizing it's not wrong and loving yourself, working on yourself, releasing negative emotions, saying no, not apologizing, you know, just getting your control back with yourself. Yeah. It's going to give you your power back. And then everything else that you do that work on yourself is just going to build and build and build and keep lifting you up. And that's what we all want. We all want to feel better. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Angie. As always, it's a pleasure. And I thank love you, you Sophie. To pieces. You know that. I love you to pieces too. You're just so awesome. You're so, I really do. I truly adore you. I think you're a wonderful thank person you. and you're doing so many wonderful things. And this podcast is just going to take off. And I'm so excited to, so to have been the first guest and just to see what else you're going to do and bring. Well, so. we'll definitely have to get you back on because you've got so much knowledge and like your experience is Aww. just inspiring how far you've come and the strength that you have Thank now. You. And like you say, you say about my work, but oh my gosh. You're always on it. You're always <laughs> bossing it and doing great things. And you just, you're just such a beautiful person inside and out. And I'm so glad, uh, you know, past cross because I don't yes. know what I'd do without you now. I know. I feel the same way about you. It's uh, your mom said we were soul sisters. Yes. I truly believe yeah. that. I feel we're just like we were brought together for a much bigger purpose than we even realized yet. You know. So I and you know what, we're a perfect example of like women yeah. building each other yes. up and supporting each other and being happy for the other oh, one. There's no jealousy. No. There's no spite. There's nothing. It's just pure like adoration and yes. love, you know? So yes, I'm, I'm very blessed that you've been brought into my life and I'm so honored and happy by the things that you've said about me. Yeah, that that makes course. me feel good. You're awesome. I think you're wonderful. You're awesome too. So thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so thankful because I know you, that you were very, very tired before doing this interview. So I, I really appreciate <laughs> it. And I don't want to keep you too long. So I, I'm so thankful. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you so much, Sophie. I'm, I'm honored and I'll be back whenever you need thank me. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye-bye.